Welcome to the Friends of Folklore, where two sisters tell tales from the briny depths of the ocean, the darkest caves hidden in misty mountains, and even mysteries hiding in your own backyard. Fear not, dear audience. Come inside, bundle up with a blanket, a cup of tea, and your favorite fuzzy animal, and you too can become a friend of folklore. Sydney, the tallest of the sisters. And I'm Abby, the smallest of the sisters. How are you doing on this fabulous Saturday? I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, I had just the worst migraine (sighs) yesterday that kind of knocked my ass flat, like TBH. I did very little, um, but... What I did accomplish was the first 12 episodes of Gilmore Girl. Yes. Gilmore so Girls. So I've never... plural. Um, Gilmore Girls. You said Gilmore Girls. <laughs> oh, Gilmore Girls. Um, and I've never watched it before. Um, so I figured, might as well. I don't know why. Which, yeah, it doesn't make sense because even our brother it. has seen all of it. Yeah, but you know, he, he lives by himself and he's like six years older than me. So he does his own thing. It's true. I always forget. I always forget that, you know, I'm the middle. So I'm like, everyone is the same age apart. And we're all together. Yeah, we are pretty good spaced. Good on you, Mom. Yeah, very well well timed. Almost exactly three years. (laughs) Good work, Mom. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I um, am also exhausted. I think we have a little bit of like, not food poisoning, but we bought these sausages that we don't usually buy. Um, and they just didn't, they taste a little weird and they've just like upset both of our stomachs and I've just been having a weird day because of that, but. No, it can totally set you in a funk. I mean, if I know anything, it's like stomach problems, even if it's just like having an excess stomach, it's like, okay, I'm going to murder everyone. Like it's a full on rage for me sometimes. 100%. So. I totally feel that. Um, we're changing it up this week in case you didn't notice yesterday, I completely and utterly dominated spooky tuesday so So this week yeah let me explain what happened (laughs) so i was gonna do this topic for spooky tuesday and abby was gonna do the topic she did for spooky tuesday for this episode and we realized that her episode was way spookier than my spooky tuesday so we just swapped we just swapped um so what are we talking about today devils Werewolves. Werewolves. What about who wolves? What about why wolves? What about what wolves? And the most elusive how wolf. (laughs) Werewolves. I love it. Let's crack into it. I want to hear all of it. Yes. Obligatory werewolf joke. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Their castle. Um, So yes, werewolf and werewolf type things. So I'm going to be talking about like wolf lore kind of in general as well. So, you know, you got Taryn to page 394. As seven hundred and ninety-four, as Severus Snape so helpfully explains in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, the prefix the best one, the best one, the best one, the best one. Don't even come for me. And like I realize that the author is problematic, but this has been an integral part of my childhood, so it's hard to kind of I don't know. No, I I read something that made me feel a little bit better about having a harry potter tattoo and such a deep connection to harry potter is that 
stories exist past their authors yeah. and stories don't belong to their authors. They belong to the audience. And they belong to their readers. Daniel Radcliffe came out with a statement who was, and he was like, I really hope this hasn't ruined the stories for you because we were all still there. And like, just because she's like, this doesn't mean we all are. And you know, so yeah, that, that makes me feel better too. It does. It's, it's a difficult position to put yourself in and however you feel about it is totally valid. Yeah. If you've been offended, you have every single oh, yeah, and right if this ruins the um, series for you, like I get it, we get it. I understand. Um, I did see somebody who <laughs> took White out uh-huh. and changed their Harry Potter's to be written by Gilroy Rock, Gilroy Lockhart. So, if that makes you feel any better, go ahead. That's amazing. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. Um, um, but please, Prisoner of Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban. Azkaban. One. I named my car after it. I totally get it. My car's name is Buckbeak. Buckbeak. My father drives that car now, but his, <laughs> his name is Buckbeak. Right. So, as Snape so helpfully explains in The Prisoner of Azkaban, the prefix of where means man and wolf. So, man, wolf, werewolf. Um, mm-hmm. Pictured here, you'll see Remus Lupin, whose name literally means moon moon, by the way, um, <laughs> who was in, who was in fact a werewolf. He suffered from lycanthropy in the stories. He was, in my opinion, the best offense against the dark art professor and controversial opinion, kind of a snack. Oh no. Total okay. Snack. All right. I was, oh, either you were going to agree with me alone. or you're going to be like, get the fuck out. <laughs> So a werewolf, for those who don't know, also known as a lycanthrope, is a man or person who um, is said to turn into a beast, a wolf-like beast, beneath the glow of the full moon. And then they, like, wreck shit and are super bloodthirsty. They have no, their human side has no control um, until the sun comes up and they turn into a human again. Like zombies, people typically extract lycanthropy by being bitten by another werewolf. Um, though there are other right. versions. So werewolf stories have existed pretty much always, um, which I thought was really interesting. The earliest mention of lycanthropy is from um, Petronius, who was a courtier around the time of Emperor Nero in ancient Rome. So between like 27 and 66 CE. Um, um, what's a what's a courtier? Courtier? Like a, like a, like a, like a. Because I've read that word. I'm reading Game of Thrones and they use it. Um, and I just don't know. Please, I'm sorry. I a went person? to acting school and if, it was so drilled in me that if you don't know the answer, if you don't know what a word means, it is your responsibility to look it up. That's the only thing I gained from college. So what does it mean? It means a person who attends a royal court as a companion or advisor to the king and queen. So, oh, same. I've been there. Okay, cool. Yeah. So just, just some asshole that was hanging out with Emperor Nero. Who was crazy, by the way. In fact, I think I'll cover him in an episode. Oh, please. I'd love to hear all about yeah, his it. His nonsense is so legendary that I think it counts as folklore. Um, <laughs> it's such nonsense. All nonsense is folklore. I hear that. Right. So, since basically the beginning of the common era, we've had stories of werewolves. Others say that the first mention of the werewolf was in the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is the oldest known Western, um, like, prose. In the story, it was said that Gilgamesh turned down a lover who had turned her previous lover into a wolf. Um, in Greek mythology, a man called Lycian pisses off Zeus by serving him the remains of a sacrificed child for a me- as a meal. Which, like, Ew. yeah. 
As punishment, Zeus turned both Lycian and his sons into wolves. Um, in Norse folklore, there's a story about a father and son who discovered wolf pelts that, when worn, could turn people into wolves for ten days. They proceed to turn themselves into wolves and kill a bunch of people. We've all been We've there. We've all been there. Um, eventually, the father attacks the son, almost killing him. But the son is, don't worry, guys, the son is healed by a magical leaf that a raven gave them. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Glad that they had that. Yeah, it's important to, you always got to keep your, your magical raven leaf on hand. That's just Boy Scouts 101. Well, it's like when you find a health block right before a save point, and then you're like, oh, no. That's exactly what happened. The raven was the save point. They got a health exactly. block, and then they went into battle. I fine. totally get you're it. You're playing way too much Paper Mario. Um, I am. It's amazing. Anyway. Yeah, but they sure learned their lesson about donning magical wolf pelts and murdering a bunch of helpless people for no reason. Um, there are a few ways to kill a werewolf, mostly involving, like, flames or silver bullets. Um... I just have, like, a sidebar here. I love the idea of, like, the specific things that kill monsters. Because, like, imagine you come at me with a wooden stake and you jab me through the heart. And I'm just like, ha ha, no, 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 I'm not a vampire. Like, that's going to kill anybody. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that hurts most people. Yeah, silver bullet's going to kill anyone. <laughs> most bullets kill people. Yeah. Just putting it this out there. This is an Oh, no. Like, nice try. It's like, what is it? <laughs> crucifixes and stuff like it's like no no like this isn't like this isn't a kryptonite situation y'all if it's gonna murder one kind of person it's gonna murder everybody i promise there's no special secret green rock that's just gonna murder one guy exactly um so now on to some specific werewolf stories yay so um this is gonna get a little dark because remember initially i had written this um as a spooky tuesday episode so prepare for some darkness Okay. The first werewolf we're going to discuss is the werewolf of Dole. A great many serial killers have been mistaken for or referred to as werewolves. The werewolf of Dole was a hermit in France by the name of Giles Garnier. He was a cannibalistic super murderer who was convicted of being a werewolf. I'm sorry. Like, top ten gravestone etchings <laughs> convicted <Cannibalistic>. werewolf <laughs> convicted werewolf cannibalistic yeah no that's put that on great. my tombstone <laughs> convicted mm -hmm. werewolf um so the year is 1572 garnier lived on the outskirts of a town called dole he had lived a solitary lifestyle pretty much all of his life so when he married he found that it was really difficult to feed both himself and his wife. Um, so one night, while out hunting very unsuccessfully, a vision appeared before him. This so-called specter allegedly gave Garnier an ointment that would turn him into a wolf and make hunting easier. So just let that, you know, that's fun. So this is okay. this is where I became too disgusted to keep eating my cereal, so it's probably a good place for a trigger warning. Gar <laughs> Garnier proceeded to murder at least four children between the ages of nine and twelve. Um, he would consume portions of their body directly, like right then and there. Then he would harvest some of the meat um, to bring home for his wife. Um, over 50 witnesses claimed that he had attacked and killed children near Dole, and many of them claimed that while he was sometimes in human form, he was also often in wolf form. So he was caught... When, you know, several people had said that this, this lycanthrope looked like him and he was actually caught red-handed 
like chilling with the body of a dead child. So in 1574, Garnier was found guilty of, quote, crimes of lycanthropy and witchcraft and was sentenced to burn at the stake. Yeah, no, I agree. 110%. I would have also voted for that. Holy shit. Yeah, fuck that guy. (laughs) Fuck that guy. Jesus Christ. The next um, werewolf is the Bedberg werewolf. Another super Mm -hmm. fun story. This man was named Peter Stump, and he was a serial killer in Germany, also accused of werewolfery, witchcraft, and cannibalism. In 1590, less than 20 years after the Dole incidents, a 16-page pamphlet was published describing the life, crimes, and trial of one Peter Stump. No copies of the German pamphlet exist, but two copies in English were discovered in 1920. Um, So this is kind of like a recently discovered story. Peter Stump likely got his name from the fact that he only had one hand. Super mean and all are mean. Jesus Christ. Um, yes, so his name was Peter Stump. Um, it was super mean and super unoriginal, but I only mention it because this detail is actually really important later. Um, so he grew up near the town of Bedburg in Germany. His birth date is unknown, and he was a very successful farmer as well as a widower, and he had two children, a boy and a girl. In 1598, for reasons I honestly couldn't find. Um, Stump was tortured until he confessed to being a werewolf. I don't really know, like, I have some suspicions of why he was assumed Mm -hmm. to be the werewolf, and I'll get to them, but it's really weird that, like, the story starts with, they were torturing him and he confessed. Um. I think I'd confess to a lot of stuff if I was being tortured. Yeah, same. That's why torture doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like where like false confessions come from. It's like the pressure. Like yeah, they, they'll say anything to get you to stop fucking hurting them. Um. Mm-hmm. So he claimed that he had a magic belt that would allow him to turn into a wolf, and when he took the belt off, he would turn back into a human. He claimed to have been a practitioner of black magic since he was twelve years old, and that he had been gifted this belt by the devil himself. Um. No belt was ever found, by the way. Not that I think, like, he really had a belt, but, like, he didn't have any belts. Um, Did he turn it to Wumbo? (laughs) I can leave. I I can see myself out. I, Wumbo, you, Wumbo, he, she, me, Wumbo, (laughs) the study of Wumboology. Um, it's first grade. Oh, first grade, SpongeBob. Um. Anyway, so Stump was an insatiable bloodsucker for over twenty-five years. Um. He would drink the blood of goats, lambs, sheep, as well as people. So he's just like the chupacabra. <laughs> Shit. Was he hanging out in Mexico? Where- I don't think so. I think oh he was God. primarily working out of Germany. Um. All right. Sure. He confessed. Okay. Again. You can Google this. I will not repeat some of these details. They are disgusting and vile, and I couldn't even eat my cereal, and I love cereal. Like, you want me to read them? I'll read them. I'm not going to make you read them. You can Google it later. We'll talk about that. We'll have, we're going to have a separate phone call, and you and I will discuss. He confessed to killing and cannibalizing 14 children, including his old son, his own son, and no. two pregnant women. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine if you had more hey. detail. Could you just fucking not, y'all? Yes. Yeah, can I, we just I, not I, do this? It's not. It's not like, oh, I don't know because I've never tried it. Yeah. Well, you've also never eaten a raccoon, and you're not about to go do it right now. So <laughs> cut that shit out. 
seriously. So, like, yeah, feel free to Google it if you never want to sleep again. Like, skunk meat could taste like fucking cake, but I don't know because I'd never put it in my mouth. Anyway, <laughs> that's not the point. Actually, there, there are some addictive qualities to human, uh, so I've heard. Oh, great. No, I was going to say, I was like, do you have something you'd like to Definitely. share? Should we chat? No. Should we end this call right now? Dude, I literally <laughs> can barely eat chicken. What are you talking about? Like, Yeah, that is true. And you know I think they're assholes. Um, he was found, so he was actually found guilty on account of only having one hand, um, according to, so I guess this is my theory. Um, I don't actually know what I think happened was there was a wolf in the area who may or may not have been attacking people and was missing its front paw, probably caught in like a bear trap or something. Um, Mm -hmm. and because he was also missing his left hand, um, people decided that meant he was the werewolf. I mean... Sure. Yeah, right? Like, okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry. There are pictures. So scroll on to the next picture. Oh, I've been watching them. Okay, that's Giles Garnier. Um, I couldn't find mm-hmm. one of um, the Bedberg werewolves. Because whenever you search them, no, no worries. this picture also comes up. So this is just both. Pretty synonymous. That's fine. Yeah. So Stump was executed by torture wheel. Again, Google it. Um, alongside his young daughter. This... Why? What did she do? This sucks. This sucks. So his daughter was accused of being his mistress, which pisses me the fuck off because she was 15 years old and it is so fucking unlikely that that was a consensual relationship. Oh, but they they poor baby. Yeah, they killed her alongside him. He murdered her brother. And they killed her alongside yeah, him. Not father of the year, y'all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. For adultery. And she was likely his most frequently terrorized victim. Oh, poor thing. I just, it's just so fucked up. Like, yeah, this guy's a fucking monster. And the only way she's ever going to be free of him is if somebody catches him for his crimes. And just kidding, bitch, you're getting caught for his crimes too, even though you're a child. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. Happier stories. El lupo de gubio. Why do I know that sentence? You know that sentence. So... Do I, oh god, I know why I know this sentence. Go ahead. So in twelve twenty, Saint Francis of Assisi was living in the city of Gubbio, um, when stories reached him about a fierce wolf that was terrifi- terrorizing the countryside, killing and consuming livestock as well as people. The wolf would lay in wait outside the city gates for new victims, and no weapon was said to be effective against the beast. Um, Saint Francis decided that it was his job to handle this because. Jesus. Um, yeah, no, Pope stuff. I, I yeah, yeah. That seems like a popely thing to do. Yeah, well, he's not the Pope. The current Pope is oh, named sorry. after Francis, but this is just a saint. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a very saint-like thing to do. I just assumed Pope. I got I, you. I know very little. <laughs> it's all right. So, it's a very saint-like thing to do. I've actually been to a couple of um, St. Francis cathedrals like in when I went to Italy, and, and he's a cool dude. I'm, I'm a fan. Cool. 10 out of 10. Great saint. Yeah, Continue. here we go. So... He goes and handles this because Jesus and the wolf in a major power move meets St. Francis at the gates with his mouth wide open, ready to swallow him. Like you want to step to me, step inside. Like Here we go. Um, Francis made the sign of the cross and the wolf immediately like began to behave himself. My favorite thing. I mean, we've talked about it so many times in this podcast, but my favorite thing about these saint miracle stories is how many of them involve telling mythical creatures to chill the fuck out. Um, so the Fioretti is a, a text. 
And it describes <laughs> the dealings with the wolf. So I'm going to read this long quotation. These are the words of St. Francis. Quote, Brother wolf, thou hast done much evil in this land, destroying and killing the creatures of God without his permission. Yea, not animals only hast thou destroyed, but thou hast even dared to devour men made after the image of God. For which thing thou art worthy of being hanged like a robber and a murderer. All men cry out against thee, the dogs pursue thee, and all the inhabitants of this city are thy enemies. But I will make peace between them and thee, O brother wolf, if so be thou no more offend them, and thou shalt forgive thee all they shall forgive thee all thy past offences, and neither men nor dogs shall pursue thee any more. The wolf responded by bowing his head and submitting to St. Francis, completely at his mercy. St. Francis continues, As thou art willing to make this peace, I guess that was the wolf being like, yeah. Yeah, no, that seems like a nod of agreement. Yeah, I think, I think, I think that, that makes sense. Um, quote, as thou art willing to make this peace, I promise thee that thou shalt be fed every day by the inhabitants of this land, so long as thou shalt live among them. Thou shalt no longer suffer hunger, as it is hunger which has made thee do such, so much evil. But if I obtain all this for thee, thou must promise on thy side never again to attack any animal or any human being. Dost thou make this promise? Um, and I guess the wolf agreed. So this wolf immediately stopped terrorizing people and actually lived for two more years in the city. A whole bunch of Gubians converted to Christianity and they all lived happily ever after, after. Later, when the wolf died, St. Francis buried him and built a church on top of his burial site. And in 1872, during renovations of that very same church, they found the skeleton of a giant wolf and it was said to be centuries years old. Like, centuries old. No fucking way. Oh, that's so cool. I love secret church stuff. What's underneath that? I know! Declaration of Independence, I think so. Well, that's not what was under there, but the treasure the was. The treasure was. The Declaration Still. of Independence was the map. Exactly. That's fucking cool, Isn't that cool? Dude. So the reason... That's really fucking cool. You know the reason you know this story? It's because of Italian class, right? Yeah, in high school. Okay, <laughs> I thought it was because of Italian class. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about wolves. Let's just throw a Lupo de Gubbio in there. That means That's the wolf of no. Gubbio, for those of you playing the home case, game. Y'all. All right, now on to our main tale. I actually have like three more. I don't know why I'm saying that. This is going to be a long episode. I'm really sorry. Um, so next we have the Beast of Gavaudan. I don't actually know how to pronounce okay. that. Gavaudan. Um, this is one of the more famous werewolf stories, or really just wolf stories. Um, the Beast was said to be a... You can scroll to the next picture if you haven't already. I definitely do. Okay, slide. The beast was said to be a man-eating creature that terrorized the province of Galvedon in south-central France between um, 1764 and 1767. There is some disagreement on the number of victims, but it's estimated that there was a total of um, 210 attacks, 113 ending in death, and 49 ending with injuries. 98 of those 113 that died were found partially consumed. Um, the beast was described as being wolf-like, though there were some characteristics of a greyhound, such as an elongated head and pointed ears and like very long limbs. Um, it was also said to have huge teeth and claws, and it was said to have been so tall and lean that it was able to take great strides and cover great distances very quickly. The first recorded attack took place in the summer of 1764. Marie-Jean Vallée was tending her cattle in the woods when she saw the beast coming directly towards her. But the beasts in her herd being, like, real, real great friends, 
um, prevented an attack on poor Marie twice before the beast gave up and went along its way. Um, a few we're good, fo- we're good friends. No, they were like, no, that's our mom. You stay away. Oh, <laughs> um, not long after, unfortunately, the first official victim was killed. Who? Um, she was fourteen-year-old Jean Bole. Um, the reports of the attacks by this creature rose significantly throughout the remainder of the year. Panic and hysteria overtook the people of the Gavadon region. The beast seemed to be preying on people who were on their own and would always go for the throat. So. That's why there were so few survivors. Mm-hmm. Huge bummer. Um, at the end of 1764, rumors began to spread that there wasn't one beast, but two. Plot <gasps> twist. Plot twist. Because the high number of attacks in such a short time period in so wide a space seemed to imply that either this thing was like teleporting or there was more than one of them. Um, mm-hmm. In early 1765, a group of eight men were attacked at once by the beast. And that's this, this uh, statue here. Mm-hmm. is one of these it's a cool ass statue it's a cool statue i dig it a lot they were able to drive off the beast using teamwork and the power of friendship but after <laughs> after hearing about this most recent attack king louis the 15th finally decided to maybe fucking do something about this mm-hmm. so captain duhamel of the clermont ferrand dragoons brought his troops to the region to search for the beast on the king's order um, the locals hated him, and they kept getting in his way and, like, totally undermining him. <laughs> um, according to one account, he almost shot the beast several times, but other people kept getting in his way. Oh, yes, no, of course. And, like, you know, he wasn't feeling centered that day, and, like, the sun was in his eye. Otherwise, he totally <laughs> no, would have exactly, like, He totally would have killed it. Um, so after that, King Louis XV decided to send two professional wolf hunters named Jean-Charles Marc-Antoine Vesmiel de Evenel and his son Jean-Francois. Captain Duhamel was forced to stand down because he and the wolf hunters just could not work together. To describe this in Dungeons & Dragons terminology, Duhamel was a fighter class with no specialty in stealth. And the wolf hunters were rangers whose favorite enemies were wolves, and therefore they had the advantage in the wilderness environment. Sure. Of course. Naturally. Um, Their strategies were just too different. So the super extra wolf hunters arrive in the region with eight goddamn bloodhounds, and over the next four months, all fucking ten of them hunt the beast, and they have absolutely no luck. None whatsoever. They are replaced... In 1765, by Francois, and Francois, I don't know really want to make a shush sound, Francois Antoine, the king's lieutenant of the hunt. In just a few short months, Antoine was actually able to kill a massive gray wolf that was said to weigh about 130 pounds. It was definitely the biggest damn wolf Antoine had ever seen, so he decided it must be the beast in question. Um, victims who survived the attacks were able to identify the beast as their attacker, attacker judging by the um, scars on its body. Antoine went on to kill the wolf's mate and their two pups. What the fuck? I know. One, so the, the mate and one of the pups was definitely killed, um, and one of the pups was shot but was only presumed dead because they weren't able to find him again. Oh. Antoine returned home with a bunch of stuffed wolves and was made very famous, but attack started up again in December of that year. Um, two boys were attacked, which suggested that the beast was actually still alive, and a dozen more deaths followed. The final pup, now grown, was hunted down and killed with a silver bullet. 
All right. Yeah, so werewolf hysteria and witch hysteria tend to go hand in hand. Um, Wolves tend to hunt in packs, but I, I have this theory, and this is just me, that, like, there is this logical flaw that large things have to have large causes. Like, you could take the pandemic right now. People who are like, it has to be a... Uh, you know, it's 5G or it's, you know, genetically modified. And it's like, no, it's just a small thing can have this huge effect. One person gets sick and it just spreads like wildfire. So I feel like you see one wolf and you see all this like insane amount of damage and you assume this is like, this is a supernatural creature. This is not just a wolf. When in reality, it was probably a wolf pack and you only saw one wolf. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of my theory. The other thing is that wolves were a very serious problem throughout Europe in this time period. Um, Tens of thousands of people died by wolf attack in the 18th century alone. Really? Yeah. So it's it's just kind of crazy. Um, but despite all this, some werewolves are actually really nice. Take, for example... Like Remus Lupin. Remus Lupin. A snack for the ages. Absolutely. Um, tell me about some good boy wolves. Let me tell you about, I'm going to tell you about two good boy wolves. So, um, the Irish Fuela, I believe I'm pronouncing that correct. It was really hard to find a pronunciation for this. Um, who was considered to be a much more helpful creature. Um, sadly, the last wolf in Ireland was reportedly killed in 1786. But there was a time when the island was so overrun with, with wolves that it was often referred to as Wolfland in the Middle Ages. Um, and due to this, wolves feature very prominently in Irish folklore. Like regular werewolves, the, um, Fuela are humans who can transform into wolves. However, rather than transforming into bloodthirsty killers, they are actually like guardians of sorts. They are said to protect children, those who are wounded, and those who have lost their way. You can see a picture of one if you scroll down. Yeah, it's so cute. Happy little traveler. Traveler friend. Love it. There's another Irish um, wolfman myth, and I can't even begin to pronounce it. I was not able to find any pronunciations. Um, and they are vicious warrior werewolves. First mentioned in the Middle Ages, they are said to come from Tipperary Island, and they um, fight for the highest bidder. And it just sounds like a really bad YA novel. <laughs> a little bit. You're just like, yeah, we're on the land and we fight for the king, but it depends on which king who pays us the best. There's also the Scottish Wolver. And you can scroll down and see that. Mm-hmm. The um, Wolver looks an awful lot like what you would imagine when you think of a werewolf, but they really couldn't be more different. Stories of the Wolver go yeah. back to the times of the ancient Celts, who believed it not to be a man who transforms into a figure and back again, but rather its own species, um, somewhere halfway between a man and a wolf, and it's considered to be very gentle and kind-hearted. They are said to live in caves dug out of steep hills, at which point I'm just imagining, like, wolf hobbits. And um, they are typically hermits by nature, but when they interact with humans, they are said to be very helpful, um, again, particularly to those who are lost. There are tons of stories of the wolver guiding lost travelers to their destinations. And the wolver spends his time fishing in the river on what's called a wolver's stain or a wolf stone, which is like a small rock in the middle of deep water. And it's adorable. It's so cute. And the wolver is also known to leave fish on the windowsills of poorer families. Good puppy. He will often. He's a good man. He's a good man. He will often show up near the homes of the terminally ill to give comfort 
So some believe that the wolver is an immortal spirit who watches over the poor and helps those in need. But the stories of this, of the wolver, um, don't start until the beginning of the 20th century. And some speculate that he was a real man who lived around these, this time and performed these acts of kindness. It's possible that the individual in question had a condition called hypertrichosis, which is actually a theory beyond, behind most werewolf sightings. So if you'll scroll down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So this is called um, hypertrichosis. It's also known as werewolf syndrome. This is a condition where mm. excessive hair growth is found everywhere on the person's body. Um, it is genetic and very rare. Most of the most famous people with this condition were circus performers who made the most mm-hmm. of their unusual appearance. Um, this drawing that you see here, this is Barbara Van Beck, who traveled around um, Europe making money off her condition by appearing before nobility. Um, if you want to scroll down, okay. I'm not going to post this because this is an actual person and I don't know, like I don't have their consent mm-hmm. to post it, but... Yeah, this is still a condition that exists to this day. I mean, you can kind of see why, mm-hmm. if you had never heard of this, why someone might jump to that horrible conclusion. <laughs> no, definitely. That makes sense. Yeah, so... Um, so insane. Rest what's, in- the, what's the bearded lady syndrome? Is that something similar? I don't know, actually. I didn't see anything about it. Because um, that's what went to my brain, but you're right. That's only facial hair, whereas this is a, like full like head to toe covering of dark hair okay yeah i wonder if that's something just as simple as like an increase in like certain hormones you know everyone's got body i'm not sure i thought it had a name it might i'm not sure but yeah that is the story of werewolves rest in peace my pinterest algorithm do you have any idea how much furry porn i had to search through for you Look, buddy, you're the one doing this shit on fucking Pinterest. That's your I own know, damn fault. You just Google search like the rest of us <laughs> and keep your Pinterest algorithm clear. No, it's Jesus really, Christ. it's really, like, people sexualize werewolves a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. I don't really know why. Um, but it's a thing, and I'm scarred for life. So, <laughs> what do you think? Um, by the way. Yes. Bearded lady syndrome is congenital general hypotrichosis. Hmm. Trichosis. Trichosis. It's one of the unusual genetic conditions found in humans, sometimes known as bearded lady syndrome. It leads to excessive hair across the body and face at levels much higher than normal range for humans. Oh, see, and that makes sense because this is called hypertrichosis. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Oh, so is this. Yeah, so it's like... So it's the same thing. It's kind of the same thing. I think it might be a different version of the same thing. This is congenital general hypertrichosis. Mine just says hypertrichosis, but I could look it up. No, it's fine. <laughs> that makes total sense. Yeah, it's yeah no, it's just hair. it's just hair everywhere. Fancy words for hair. Yeah, and like you know, back then, I mean, we've talked about this with changelings. A lot of children who were abnormal would be abandoned, or you know, mm-hmm. people be ashamed of them. So it could have been like this kid kind of grew up on their own in the woods, and then. Later, people thought you were the wolf man, and it totally sucks. Um, so, so yeah, werewolves. Werewolves. Where can they find us? You can find us by searching the Friends of Folklore or Friends of Folklore. That's Friends of Folklore without the R-E. On Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can send us an email with all your spooky stories, all that fabulousness, at thefriendsoffolklore at gmail.com. 
Um, please rate, review, subscribe. I meant to pull this up what? earlier. Um, where people can listen to us oh. because we have some more. Um, la, 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 um, people are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, and something called Podcast Addict. Oh, I've had Podcast I have no Addict. No idea what that is. Yeah, it's it's uh before Spotify had um podcasts. That is where I listen to my podcast because I used to have an Android. Oh, okay. So there you go. Um, just fun facts. Seventy seventy seven percent of our listeners are American hmm. or United States American. Um, Wait, that's a small number. Our gender ratio—I would have thought a hundred percent. Seventy-seven. Because we know all of them. Fourteen <laughs> percent are the United Kingdom. Three percent are New Zealand. Less than one percent is Canada, and then less per one percent is estimated to be Chile, Argentina, Israel, or Australia. We have New Zealand. Hi, New Zealanders. Yeah, hi. I didn't I know, know you, you existed. How is uh, COVID freeland? I envy you yeah. so much. Um, <laughs> It's kind of cool to, like, see the breakdown. Yeah, like, please. We have 66% female, 23% male, and 11% non-binary. It's really cool that it... And then 0% not specified or other. Uh-huh. Um, but it's cool. And then and then our, our um, over 70% of our listeners are in ages 23 to 27, which is what we are age. <laughs> so that makes sense. Um, and, yeah, it, no, I, I like looking at... I always sense the man, like, look at the specifics. Also, y'all listen to the weirdest fucking episodes, like... Our top rated episodes are not in like one, two, three. Like they don't. What? Yeah. What's our top rated episodes? Um, well, so our top listen. Oh, come here, thing. Um, it's episode one. Yeah. And then episode sense. five. Oh. And then episode eight. What's episode eight? And then episode eleven. Um, eight is Coca Cola. Okay. I don't remember what we talked That's about. That's Spring Hill Jack. And then it's episode. Yeah, and then it's episode two. So it's like, duh, 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 duh. like I'm like, what do you listen consistently? How do y'all do this? No, I'm kidding. Um, we love listen you. Listen however you want. Don't and listen to her. Yeah, I'm sorry. Y'all are the best. You guys are so great. And we appreciate you being a friend of folklore, and we will talk to you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.